at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode ten and a half of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Princess of Power, Masters of the Universe, Golden Book, Lady of Books, UK Annuals, mag- Magazines, <laughs> Filmation, Jetlag, anything and everything with that Mattel logo on it. I'm Matthew Dooch. That's headbanging Sean Scavarna. <laughs> Sean, how are we do doing something. today? I, I always feel like I'm just the static, like, here's this pause screen with me yeah. on it until we get to this part. So that's why I start doing my animal dance, basically. We should do the little loading <laughs> screen on your side. Do, 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 do. Yeah, do, do. the little spinal, spinning wheel of color. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, always, um, I just figure if I can get Sean headbanging over there that I'm doing the <laughs> intro right. He's like my barometer. I'm like, I got to kick hey, it up a notch. He's only doing half a headbang. I need a full headbang, so I need to It's go the carnival more. barker thing. You know, we that, talked about this a lot. It. I mean, it's like, you know, you got you got that going. I don't have it in me. I, I'm the... Hi. We're going to talk about things tonight. Like, Do you ever watch the IT crowd? Fun. I've seen clips on Facebook. I've never watched right. a full episode. Well, the, 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 the one really geeky guy on it is Moss, and he has a... Uh, a board game show he puts online and it's him and three other guys. And it's basically, they start the show off going board game board <laughs> game. And the whole thing is that. And it, everybody is just like, Oh my God, please stop making me watch this stuff. And they're like, that. and I'm like, well, at least if I'm animated, I'm not doing board game all the time <laughs> right next to you while you're doing your carnival work and stuff. School. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> tonight on Masterpiece Masters of the Universe. <laughs> have the I fire. It. We've talked about that. I want to have the fire here. I want oh, to have yeah, a smoking so jacket one day. I'm going to say, nice, oh, nice. One, of those, <laughs> one of those big red uh, uh, chairs, you know, with the big Yeah, the big, big red leather and, on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> have the pipe good evening <laughs> i didn't notice you there oh i'm reading my masters of the universe omnibus please join me <laughs> we're taking this to levels it doesn't need to right now at 11 o'clock i'm doing okay. pretty darn good how are we're, you today <laughs> we're, we're doing great it was a day off we're getting to do the podcast so we are all good here i do want to say I'm painting myself into a corner now because I know I said I was going to get to that giveaway over the weekend. Obviously, I did not. Um, kind of when I was recording. Mainly, I forgot about it being Easter that weekend. So, did not end up being a good weekend for uh, giveaways. So, 
I am going to do it. It will have been done by now, I promise. Because So I want to say congratulations to the winner because I'm going to do it right before this show premieres. So if you're watching this and you haven't seen who the winner of the Funko Pops are, go ahead, check on our YouTube channel. It's waiting there for you. That is my promise. And if I paint myself into a corner, I will have to do it tomorrow night. So, <laughs> congrats to the winners. <laughs> this, this is the, the why the responsibility side usually is not me, because I'm the one going, I got kids, I got a wife, I don't know what the heck's happening around here half the time. Yep, yep. but uh, as of this moment, we got 33 wonderful subscribers, and we thank you all. So, we gave one of you a uh, Funko exclusive slime pin He-Man, and one of them got a Triclops uh, exclusive Funko Pop. So. Yes, Congrats, thank you guys. to our subscribers and our uh, our uh, followers on Facebook and everything that's growing. And also, uh, I want to throw it out there. Uh, Matthew got us on the front page of HeMan.org in the news feed <laughs> this did. week. So, and we have uh, we have people from the org now that are coming yes. in and taking a listen to us, and that is also quite a pleasure and a treat. Yep, yep, and I'm getting I'm getting back onto the board a bit. I I was like I've told Sean before, I was hot and heavy. I mean, that was the place to go back in the day, back in the late '90s, early 2000s. I mean, it's still usually breaking all the news. Um, but I've got I got lax on the boards over the years just because time and everything else. I couldn't keep up with them, so I'm getting back into it a little bit. It, it's good to see everybody again, and a lot of familiar faces, a lot of new names. So welcome all those people. Uh, Welcome. Yes, welcome, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying our back catalog of the previous 10, not .5 episodes, because this is the (laughs) 10.5, but we're we're in double digits already, because the the half episodes have already pushed us into the 20-some episode category, but yes, uh, hopefully you're enjoying those, and feel free to comment. Let us know what you like. Subscribe. Click the like button. All that stuff that Matthew says at the end, way better than I just did. So we're gonna we're gonna start putting on Sean here. He's gonna start being our. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna start being like, our point subscribe. man. Subscribe. I'll do a hula dance. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> if you do not like it, subscribe. Dishonor. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. Oh, <laughs> I was more thinking Timon and Pumbaa at the end of Lion King when you said you were gonna do a hula dance. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you could be a big pig too ah! <laughs> oh good times oh. so I think that's uh, all the news we got right now um, so let's just jump right in if that's alright with you yeah uh, let's do it let's do it let me grab the so today I we was going, kidding we, we're using this we are going <laughs> to discuss Issue 6 of He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. Oh, wait. No, we it can't do that. No. <laughs> we were oh. going to discuss Issue 6 of He-Man yeah. and the Masters of the Multiverse. But, unfortunately, with everything going on in the world right now, for some reason, uh, none of the major comic companies are releasing anything new, even digitally. Which I don't follow many comics, you know, weekly anymore. Uh, in fact, I follow no comics weekly. Uh, when the He-Man comic comes out, that's about all it was. Uh, that's about the only thing I follow right when it's coming out. Everything else I'll catch up when volumes come out, stuff like that. But yeah, so I just found out last night that uh, that it wasn't coming out today because I just assumed digital comics still were. 
so yeah. So instead of that, me and Sean, well, actually independently, that's the funny thing. We were both kind of just thinking about what we should do. And I brought up to him, I'm like, well, you know, we did issue one of that DC miniseries uh, back early. What was it, episode two and a half or so? Yeah, it was pretty darn early in our It was our pretty run. early. <laughs> um, and, and I am going to drop a link down below to that first one. Um, because today we are going to discuss issue two. Because we figure it's about time. We just got distracted with other things, but... Uh, we want to finish up this story arc at some point, so we figured now's as good a time as anyway. I think we both kind of felt like, hey, let's get back to that. So, yep. uh, follow that link down below, uh, so you can hear what we had to say in issue one, and then come back here and and, and uh, we'll talk about issue two. All right, all right. See you yep. in a few. Sounds good. Now on page, I, I feel like I'm a kid in school again every time yeah. we do this stuff. <laughs> Turn to page. In my book, it's 1,401. So there you go. In my book, it's (laughs) right here. There you go. (laughs) 60 cents. Number two. Bedly released. Well, it was a January book, so it would have been released in December of 82. Yeah, that that was the one I had when I was... I had... uh, I don't remember if I had the third issue. No, I did. I had that one in the third issue, and I, I never had the first issue. Within these yep. walls, Armageddon. We'll begin to that one. Yep. Probably not immediately, the begin- but the the uh, beginning of the let this be our final battle. Basically, that that when I was a kid, even when they did that moment in the movie, I'm just like, that's that cover. That's yeah, so yeah. cool. That's <laughs> fine. I think I think this one's my favorite cover, though the the, the Castle Grayskull and them on either side of the Power Sword. It just mm-hmm. and the Power Sword's drawn very well there. Uh, very filmation-y, which is probably why I like it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know that power sword. Man, that thing got, got misdrawn so often. In, in Even in, like, the mini-comics and stuff where you think, like, they're really trying to keep it on point because of the toys, but that thing gets misdrawn all the time. Yeah. That whole, that whole hilt part there with those cross guards, man, that just gives artists just nightmares, I guess. Well, speaking as somebody who does draw this stuff, I, to make that thing, that's why I like the Alcala sword. Yeah. The Alcala one, there, there is a, a break in the design, at least. When you draw this one, you're just hoping for the best that all of your curves work yeah. to make that whole hilt element work. Yeah, and but- it doesn't every time when I try it. I'll, I'll say that. It, it's like... I have to go over it again, and then and again, and again, before it actually takes shape properly. And really, even on this cover, you can see he did not get the little the little dots are not completely symmetrical, and the two sides aren't aren't mm-hmm. completely matching. Yeah, but it's it's better than this one on issue one, where it's I mean, what's that? You call yeah, that a power yeah. sword? You know? <laughs> well, the, it's the nothing against it. Also cat. has the, yeah. the harness is also odd on that one. So for me, it's yeah. like there's a lot more off that I can look at and just go, it's nice that we have a cover, but this one definitely feels the way that, you know, it should feel with the look of everything going on here. Yeah, exactly. It's the, and the art all the way through, I felt, was was a lot tighter than the first issue. It's, um, I don't know, he just, he seems to be getting them. And, mm-hmm. and that's the interesting thing is all three of these covers were actually, well, I don't know, the last one... I don't see a name on, but these first two, at least, they were done by Tuska. Is that George? 
Yeah, George Tuska, yeah, who did George the interiors Tuska. too. So that the, the anchor is different, though. That's the that's the reason they look at least in the issue two. It's uh, cover mm-hmm. art by George Tuska and Klaus Janssen. Yeah, or maybe Janssen. And then let me see here. Yeah, Giordano on the first one, the first cover. Yeah, and then and then mm-hmm. the third one is again uh, Tuska and. Jansen or Jansen, depending. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, it's interesting because like the thing about these three books is Tuska is the staying point, yeah, in in the art. But then uh, for issue one and two, you have Alcala, uh, Alfredo Alcala doing the uh, inking, and then in the third one, you get Rodin Rodriguez. So <laughs> you get like a whole other shift in the look of this and all that. Right. So. For us enjoying the story and saying that this is packed full of story, they still, back in those days, could not keep the same art team even on three issues yeah. of the book. And we're complaining about it on the Multiverse one where <laughs> uh, issue, issue, what was it, issue three, we had half of Dan Fraga and then the next one was uh, was Tom Derenick, like yeah. halfway through the issue. So it's like, there you go. It's, well, it's tradition. We still can't keep the same people through the yeah. whole run. Well, but I think that's the thing. I think because you had the same penciler the whole way through, that for the most part, it feels it feels yeah, the I'll same. Give you that. Like it's, I'll give it, you that. it's a lot closer. You don't feel that jarring shift. And they didn't do it mid-issue. That's the the that, True. that was the really killing point. Because then you got an artist trying to imitate another artist, you know, and that never ends well. No. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, it's just a minor thing, but it's just interesting. But I, but yes, this cover here is is my favorite out of the three. Just the the, the nice castle grayskull in the background, the two of them split on either side of the power sword. It sums up everything you need to know. Mhm. So let's go ahead and jump over here. There we are. Ah, you did it again. Look at you. Done it again. (laughs) Elementary, my dear Skavarna. Well, here we go. And then this first page is, oh man, I'll I'll tell you what. I couldn't couldn't tell you how many times when I was a kid playing with my He-Man and Battle Cat that this was actually the way I pictured them. Instead of it just being five parts of, five points of articulation. (laughs) (laughs) It's, oh, this is the it, good stuff. You know, and and it's a nice it it's and you can tell uh was it still Tom Derenick on the last issue of Multiverse uh, issue 5? Do you remember? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, last issue it was Tom Derenick, yep. And, and you can definitely tell that he he looked to some of this early stuff when he was drawing it because this this is very evocative of that first image he used of He-Man and Battle Cat in his story. So yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's it's the quintessential savage He-Man on Battle Cat. So um, real quick in issue one, in case you're too lazy to go back and watch our other episode <laughs> before you watch this one, um, or you've just forgotten. Either way. Uh, uh, basically it kind of just summed up, uh, how it introduced Adam and how he becomes He-Man, a little bit of, it's a little bit of the backstory easing readers into here because this is very much the point where they're kind of shifting to the filmation style. Um, and we talk in depth about that, uh, in the last episode. Uh, so it, it spends a little time summing up the backstory of He-Man Adam 
And then it goes into the adventure where Skeletor has captured the goddess and is holding her for ransom uh, until He-Man and his friends bring him the three talismans, which will lead them to the power sword so that they can give the power sword to Skeletor so he can enter Castle Grayskull. Um, and we find out that there there's another force at work here, too, that's trying to stop He-Man and everybody. Um, and they meet with, with the royal wizard, and he gives them these artifacts that are going to lead them to the talismans. So I think that pretty much catches everybody up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pretty succinct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, so now we're here. We're in this uh, the the dark, dank jungles of Eternia, and it, it, it's kind of cool. It it joins up with you know them complaining about being out here that they they're, <laughs> they're pretty much just filling you in on the backstory like I did of of why they're here, what they're doing, and and but I love Battle Cat here. I, I love Battle Cat throughout this whole series. He's very very cantankerous, very very ang- quick to anger, uh, and very brutal. So, and he says here, uh, he he's talking about the jungle, and he he, he says, uh, though this be the place of my birth and my youth, I hate it. Like he yeah. he doesn't even want to be back here. He likes living in the palace now. So, oh well, yeah, well, the manner <laughs> to which he's become accustomed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I want to uh, say he he yeah he was cringer okay I couldn't I couldn't remember for a second there if there was cringer in this yet yeah yeah there is cringer so yeah so he's but even even so even as Battle Cat he's still you know he's he's like oh I hate this place I got used to the palace you know yeah <laughs> and that that's about this first page here I love yeah. and I, lo- I do love all the beasties and everything that uh, that they got running around. It's very evocative. You can tell they were taking cues from the early box art and, and all that great uh, Earl Norm work. You know, with all the little creatures that are in every scene. There, there's that, and you can also hear some of the filmation beastie noises. Looking at that page, because oh, absolutely, like the uh, you know, <laughs> noises and stuff. You know, it just it works, and and. The other thing too that I know a lot of people love it with filmation is it this it does look like a jungle, but it does look also unearthly enough to give you that you're not in Kansas mm-hmm. anymore vibe, which I like too. So yeah, like I, like it's spe- just enough. Like I speculated before, I think well we know that that some of this is influenced. You know, filmation had their series Bible already, and you can tell that the writers on this comic, you know, kind of. Uh, they read some of it at least and incorporated some of it here. Um, and, and you kind of wonder if maybe they've already seen some of the production animation too, if maybe that influence, because it is very, the jungle's very viney and twisty and everything. So yeah. it's possible. I don't know one way or another. But uh, so, but then that takes us to the second page here. Hang on. Yep. And that's basically summing up the whole, what is what's their goal here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're they're after the second talisman which i i still gotta kick the first uh issue that final page and he man finds that stratos is wearing the first talisman the whole time <laughs> and i love that he doesn't even give him like a wait that's no it's like he just grabs it he's like we found the first talisman <laughs> you know? it, it amused me too much like you know he man you know like i get you more barbaric here but Slow your roll, dude. That's like his, you know, but so he's basically doing the whole thing again of, you know, they have to 
they have to find the other two talismans in order to get the power sword, and they're working for Skeletor, which neither one of them likes. No, but because the sword, the goddess is in danger. Mm-hmm. They are trying to help. So, and they really play that up here. He Man's got a good quote here. He he goes, "Still, I must must I do as he commands? For only the other gods could know what the death of a goddess might mean to the world or the cosmos." Like they're really playing up how important the goddess is. That she's actually like a like a force of nature on the planet. And her death mm-hmm. could mean like worldwide destruction. Like that's that's pretty neat. That's something that we don't really. Uh... But goddess is so undefined. Like she was that one of those early concepts that kind of shifted a lot between these early the early mini comics and this and you know all yeah. that. Like and then eventually she became the sorceress who, you know, while still important, isn't this important where the death of one person could like this could you know uh could ruin the world forever you know yeah and i mean going back to these i grew up with this being you know like in the mini comics with the the goddesses there before the sorceress and everything Mm -hmm. like that and there is this element of her that i like slightly better than the sorceress for the simple fact that she doesn't get shackled to the castle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i like that she's out there she's wandering the landscape just like he-man would and there is an element of like when you see in the first issue they have a the wizard duel the skeletor versus goddess moment and it reminds me of like lord of the rings with like gandalf versus saruman in that one Mm -hmm, sequence and i'm like that's doing more to give her cred than filmation for me in some ways because there was always that she always is able to do the magic only if she's at Grayskull and if she leaves the castle she has to become Zor and that's how it works and I I just kind of dig that she's somebody who's out and about and she can take care of herself for the most part I mean He-Man does rescue her in the the mini comic when he first meets her but then as those stories go on she is in the thick of the battle sometimes right so yeah, I think no, that's I agree. interesting, I, at least. I, just, I, th- I, think, I think they're best. As, I know one kind of evolved into the other, but I still look at them as two very distinct characters, and there's definitely room yeah. for both of them in, in the universe, I feel. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, so so they really play up her importance, you know. Um, but then uh, the, the talisman starts glowing, so they know they're getting close. And but then they hear somebody's coming up on them, and who can it be? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I like this. So you see all the all these guys coming through the the forest here with their spears and everything else, and and Battlecat jumps at them, and He Man grabs him by the mask. I love this part. You can see it over on the screen there. He Man grabs him by the mask and just has to hold him back. No, Battlecat, yeah. restrain yourself. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it, it turns out that these men are friends of his. It's uh, their leader is Cyril, and uh, and this I took as DC's way of trying to rectify the uh, the early mini comic jungle origin of He Man with kind of where filmation's taken it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what this was intended as. Yeah, there's. It's it, when you read this part, at least for me, it was kind of a 
how long has he been He-Man then? You know, in that way, like right. they don't go into that exactly, but there is this it's element of, while, okay, though. if he, yeah, apparently, yeah, because if he knows the Cyril guy and they have this kind of vibe, like they haven't seen each other in a while, mm-hmm. but they're old friends, it's like, yep. he's had to be He-Man at least five or more years by this point. Yep. At minimum to me, because that is for somebody to say someone's an old friend. Yep. Five years is kind of like the statute of limitations that you're allowed to start going. Yeah, you could call them an old friend yeah. if you haven't seen them in about five years. Well, and they even say so, he says it's been many years since last we laid eyes upon each other, and Cyril yeah. replies, "Too many years." I mean, so that's, too many years. Yes. I mean, that's that's <laughs> and, and you know he they're and they joke with each other about their looks and everything. You know, he's like, "Oh, I see the years have been kind to you," and. Uh, Cyril calls him a boy a lot. Like you can kind of feel like this camaraderie, and and like you said, like this this, like yeah, they've grown up. They've since this first encounter here, and even uh, He Man says that they that he met them long before Battle Cat joined with him. So he was yeah. He Man for quite a while before Battle Cat even came along. So yeah, um, yeah, I I I don't know that that leads and again it opens like here's stories in my head that I'm now telling, you know, and that's the beauty of the line is there's always these little moments in the storylines where you can hear a line like that. Mm -hmm. And then your mind starts going, well, what has happened since then? And what's, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the history of them and all that kind of stuff, because I, I know for some people in the fan community, this is a character that, they're still like, hey, he's cool. You know, yeah. I, just the other day I saw somebody do a custom of Cyril. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, still, he still gets talked about quite a bit. I mean. Yeah. But, yeah. So. And he, he's, he's a good avenue to kind of explore the jungle origins, too. And I think that's where most people usually use him. Um, mm-hmm. And, and He-Man explains here the how he met him. Uh, and that was... <laughs> Uh, actually, back years ago, when he just as Prince Adam, he he was heading out into the forest to hunt, and you know, because everyone goes hunting with a battle axe and shield, obviously. Uh, <laughs> only on a turn. Only on a turn. Yeah. <laughs> and he just he he happened across this village that was being enslaved by this sorcerer named Damon. Um, he enslaved this village so that they would they would be his follower, his army of uh, uh, mindless slaves. And uh, Adam ended up being attacked by him, and he was defending himself. And then he was joined by a mysterious falcon, a winged warrior who was the messenger of the goddess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're, they're using Zor here, and here again you can see the beginnings of what was going to become. Zor is a messenger of the goddess, which would eventually mm-hmm. turn into the alternate form of the sorceress, but here it's still the, the mighty falcon. But this actually, <laughs> Zor's actually able to change Adam into He-Man, and this is the first time he became He-Man, was defending mm-hmm. Cyril's village from this evil sorcerer named Damon. So, and that's, and I know we talked a bit in the first episode about how, you know, the cave of power limits, you know, your transformation, having the cave of power be your transformation sequence. It's like, okay, now Mm -hmm. I got to find the cave. And I had forgotten when we did this episode, how they, apparently even they had thought about it at that point. They're like, okay, well, he needs a secondary way. So apparently 
uh, she can also send Zor to change Adam into He-Man. Which, again, I still think uh, by the power of Grayskull is a lot more effective and a better story. But at least they were thinking about it. Well, it, it's <laughs> it's to me, it's the um, it's not so much my love of the old school compared to the filmation and and beyond. Mm-hmm. But there is this element of like um, I still can appreciate some of the Golden Age Superman stuff sure. in that way. And and this to me is like this is a like you're pulling back the veil of what could have been if there oh, wasn't yeah. like a succinct way to do this. So in that way, there's this. I, I kind of dig that you know he's in the middle of like fighting off this sorcerer, mm-hmm. and then out of nowhere, boom, he becomes He Man in yeah. the middle of the fight. And it, one thing that I'm surprised it doesn't bug you in some ways because we talked about it on uh, a couple episodes back. Um, this opens up him saying, you know, well, I was Prince Adam at the time. So it's the idea that, you know, the villagers know he's not always He-Man, oh, you know, absolutely. in that way. And, and I, I kind of I kind of like that element of it in some ways, too, because I like that they would look at him as the prince and go, well, well he takes care of us, you yeah. know, in that way. He's, he's fought for us, even if it wasn't him, you know, finishing it. It was He-Man finishing it. But I, I like that idea that, you know, it shows either way he's a man of action and he's willing to stick up for people if they need help or whatever. Absolutely. So. I'm okay with it here because this this is not this is not filmation. I I, I take it in its own its own its own continuity here. You know. Yeah, so yeah. But yeah, it's it's a lot of this isn't my preferred, but in this story it works. And you can see here on the next page exactly what you're saying, because here's Cyril with Prince Adam meeting King Randor. So he, you know, he mm-hmm. took Cyril back. Uh, this village swore their loyalty to the King of Eternia, and they're in, you know, they're all loyal now. Um, which kind of, it's an interesting world that they're painting here too, where you've got kind of these independent villages and kingdoms but, you know, through the actions of Adam or He-Man, like, some of these guys are coming in and, you know, um, and swearing loyalty to the crown. It's definitely a more war-torn Eternia here, um, where you kind mm-hmm. of feel like everywhere you go, there's more danger, there's more unknown, there's more people trying to survive on their own. Um, mm-hmm. And more opportunity for Adam, He-Man, to make friends and recruit people to the, to you know, to the Eternal's cause, so... Yeah, to the to the banner of the king mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, and I, the, there there is. I'm not going to lie. There is a sadness to me reading this stuff too, because this was what I was thinking was going to be the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So when I'm reading this now, I'm I'm still to this day <laughs> kind of going. I wouldn't have minded if they would have tried to start the cartoon this way and then whittled it down during the season, the first season to finally go, okay, here's the concise. Now he has the power sword. I have the power. Boom. He's He-Man. Yeah. And it would have started off maybe with this, you know, the war-torn attorney and all that. And when it it, it, it never goes there. No. That was, again, that was me as a kid just yeah. kind of going, this isn't what I was sold. You know, and but you, at the same time, the beauty of this and the beauty of the original mini-comics it's fun to go to this and go what could have been or the alternate idea of what this was for the people like me that, you know, when yeah. I was a kid, this was like, 
this was my bread and butter masters until filmation hit and all that stuff. But you, I don't know. Like, can, I, I love exploring it. Oh yeah. You, and you can see some, some shades of it. Uh, tale of two cities right off the bat in filmation springs to mind that definitely as he man going into a, a region that's unfamiliar with Eternos and he man and everything else. And I mean, th- there are shades of it for that. For that story, you basically have to blame the fact that Filmation had to syndicate. They had to do first-run syndication. Yeah. So right there, the whole continuity, you know, the the build-up storylines had to go out the window because you can't make you can't make first-run syndication work with with all these multi-part. You can do a couple two-parters here and there, but for the most part, you've got to be pretty pretty much. You can catch an episode, and you don't have to know anything else. Whereas mm-hmm. here, you definitely had to read issue one to know what's going on here in issue two. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. it is what it is. But I, I too enjoy these peaks at you know mm-hmm. at the shaping of the of the the evolution of the mythology. I definitely yeah. and I definitely like this more than say those first four mini comics. I feel like this has a little more thought, a little more fleshed out. They've had a little more time to breathe. And, and define some of these concepts better. Yeah, as a story, yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, art-wise, those first four mini comics still are like they're they're even higher than than <laughs> this. As much as the art is beautiful, oh, the art, and it evokes that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're trying to evoke the feeling of when you buy those figures. Here's those mini comics, right. you know. So it's like I like that uh, Alfredo Alcala was the person that was the bridge for both mm-hmm, in that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like yeah, I there is there is a definitely a more concise story they're trying to tell, whereas the first four were like a hodgepodge of ideas they were trying to come up with exactly. and you know pin down a, a storyline for the toy series until mm-hmm. they got into like. You know, the, the Triclops mini comic and the Ram Man well, yeah. and the Trap Jaw and things like and, that where they were refining it more. And that's the thing, not to tangent too much farther, but you could really feel like like the first wave of mini comics came out, the first wave of toys came out, and they actually kind of came out in two waves, whatever. But And then you could kind of feel like everyone like, okay, what are we doing for wave two? Like, like there was no... That's really you. You could feel that they weren't really planning for more waves. It was just kind of like, well, let's release these eight guys. You know, we got a playset, we got some vehicles. Here's some mini comics, and then all of a sudden, Mattel's like, okay, what are we doing for wave two? And everyone just kind of like, uh, yep, we'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> and, and yeah, <laughs> but at that point, they knew they had a hit, and that's why from from like that second wave of mini comics on, you could kind of see like they're like, we got to get this story you know, more concise and then filmation contact them and all this kind of stuff. This is right in that time where they're like, okay, we need to get a concise story here. Let's figure out Mm -hmm. what works with these guys. So, and that, that's exactly what this is. Well, the other thing too, again, no, not tangenting further, but DC being a comic book publisher, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they wanted to actually pin down ideas and say this is what it is. Oh, yeah. We're not changing it from issue to issue the way that you know the mini comics mm-hmm. have a little more fluidity in how they handled it because yeah. there's no guarantee the first issue of the mini comics was going to be He Man and the Power Sword or whatever. It was going to yeah. turn into it was it was whatever one you picked up it could be the Vengeance of Skeletor, you know, it could be whatever. And so you're starting with whatever book you get in front of yeah. you there 
But here you have a issue one, issue two, issue three miniseries at least. And, you know, these concepts have to yep. be continuations and, and exactly. the same throughout or else there are going to be people going, well, that doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Which that there are times that happens too, but not in this, thankfully. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the first mini comic I remember reading is a uh, Siege of Avion. So yeah, I mean, anybody can come in at any point in the line. So well, that's that's true. My uh, mine was crap. I don't remember the name of it. I know the cover. I cannot remember the name of it. It's the one with He Man on the cover with his axe, and he's about to chop the squid that's attacking him. Uh, yeah, that was that uh, Vengeance of Skeletor. Vengeance of Skeletor. Mm-hmm. I got that one more than any other one. And to <laughs> this day, I love that cover for that yeah. reason because it was the very first. Like, I, I remember seeing that and being like, what's this? And, p- and by the time I got to the final, uh, like, the last mm-hmm. cover, I was like, I got to do that again. And I just, I like, the whole day was either me playing with the figure or looking at that mini comic. I, I was good. Yeah. And my mom could just lock me in my room and I would have been thrilled till dinner time you know that, that was a good cover I'll give you that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Vengeance I had, thank, you. I had, thank you Alfredo that's all I could say <laughs> thank you God bless you man uh, you know rest in peace God bless you for that stuff absolutely my, my imagination was set on fire by that stuff I, I I can never say thanks enough for that stuff so Absolutely, and here, here we've got our my 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 nitpick of the issue here. As uh oh, here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> Just, I I gotta do it, and you you can tell me, you know, oh the wizard did it, whatever, you know, the old Simpsons excuse for it. The wizard did it, yes. <laughs> but here, if you look on this panel here, they've got uh, Adam and Cyril talking to King Randor. And then they go back to the jungle there where He-Man's telling Cyril why they're here, except he all of a sudden has Adam's vest back on. Yeah. Again. I'll give you, no, I'll give you that one because even I am like, what the hell? Like when I saw that, I was, it's like, that doesn't, that again, everything I just said, throw that out the window about the continuity. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wrong. So, honestly, yeah, even even Adam is there somehow. (laughs) Even on the previous page, there, it it was kind of weird the way they set up those boxes with like Adam, Adam, then you went over Adam, then over to Adam, then he, like, the just the, the, and our viewers who are watching YouTube can see it there, just the way the panels are set out there. Yeah, with that long panel, it's, it's, it's the, you know, the, the reading. Is kind of, the reading order is kind of weird, and then we jump to the next page where it's back to Adam, back to yeah, it's it well, takes it's, you a second. Like so you you started off reading it like you know Americans and Europeans would read from yeah. left to right, and then all of a sudden you hit that that final panel, and then suddenly you're reading it like a manga, yeah, because now it's like you're reading it backwards to get to this point, and then. But but like it's weird because you you read that long panel, yeah. then you have to jump to the other panel. And yeah. then somehow, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, a very weird confusing flow, isn't page. It? Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 unusual for. And they, the, well, the the thing that you're you're talking about though with the the first two panels on on the next page yeah. though, is Adam actually has a, 
he has some sort of an amulet or necklace he's wearing in the first panel. Yeah, he does so that, that too. So that confuses the whole thing there. It's like, okay, he has that. Yeah. Then in the next panel, he still has it, and he's looking at that. But Battle Cat's there somehow, even though he's right. not He-Man. And, you can and see then the next panel, we're back to this is what's happening now. You yeah. Know? Well, that's it. it. Well, you can see they're in the jungle there, too, because the leaves are hanging down. Cyril's back over there. Exactly. It's like, yeah, so for a second there, you're like, wait, am I in the past? Am I in the... Am I in the... <laughs> now am I? Where am I? So... This this is this is uh, DC saying He Man doesn't run fast in this. It's not filmation yet, kids. <laughs> so he had to do that costume change in the first page <laughs> or the first panel. So we're just letting him have that quick little moment. And now, oh, he took the shirt off. We're good. Okay, we're, gone. We're, 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 we're back now. <laughs> oh, oh god. It's no wonder I'm in trouble with my wife so much. See, my excuses, they just don't hold up. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't so, work. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, uh, reading through it, I might catch more as we're going here. But reading through it, that was the only kind of like, and and I know I had that nitpick in the last issue with the goddess fight and everything. But, you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. It happens. But other than that, um, and then we're treated to, you know, uh, uh, Cyril knows exactly where He-Man needs to go. He says, "You know, I'm not. I'm not a fool. I know." He's like, "I don't know what you're looking for, but I can tell. I can tell. You know, I'm missing it now. But, but I know where you need to go. I know. I can tell when things are weird." He's taken him to this cave deeper in the forest. Um, and here's our first big battle of the issue. And yes, there's multiples. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Sorcery, most foul, my friend. Shield yourselves. Yeah, that big. Yeah. And you go to the next page, and, I, and <laughs> all those guys are leaping out of the tree at him. And those are some great designs there. Like that guy coming out off the vine with his sword drawn looks almost Snake Man-ish in the red. Like he that that's a neat design right there. It's simple, but it's just it's terrifying at the same time. See, uh, I I cannot remember for the life of me like. I know when I was a kid, I was into Conan. I was into He-Man. Sure. And it's like every time I see these pages, it reminds me of like uh, John Buscema doing Conan and Conan fighting all sorts of sorts. And it, when you see this stuff, it's like this is the pure good stuff. Right. Of like Marvel Comics, DC Comics doing these things. And it just it, – it, this book for me is such a freaking time warp to just – go back to my childhood it's like i don't exactly remember when i fell in love with this but this is the page (laughs) this is the page that helped you know and i even like uh i like on the page before battle cats complaining about sorcery i'd rather have something i can sink my claws into and this is like i like that does this fit your bill battle cat he's like they will do. They will do. I, like, that's how even that, Battle Cat's got this. Like whatever. And that's how I read it too. It's like, all right, what, like, all right, yeah. this will be good enough. But I, I need something a little bit more next time. You know, like yeah, it's like where's a giant? You know, so it's like Battle Cat wants to like prove how fierce he is yeah. at this point. It's like all right, fine. They're throwing me a bone here. And there's there's something about that slap that Battle Cat does. Like it's almost I don't know that in the background they just like. The way he's holding his paw and everything, and the, the, the like, he just he it's, just pimp slapped it's him. It's playful, <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not worth my time, but I'm getting a little bit of fun out of yeah. this. Whatever, you yeah. Know? 
And then, <laughs> and then of course, He-Man's, He-Man's like, oh, this is Skeletor's work, but it can't be Skeletor because he wants us to do this. He sent us here, so why would he? He's like, ah, I think too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Went which his battle I should be after. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm overthinking this. I just need to kill these guys and then we'll figure it out. I mean, all these guys, exactly. you got these weird, these weird monsters, almost masks of power demon looking almost there. He's punching the gut. That guy in the next yeah. page that Cyril's holding there with the helmet and the scales. It's like, I love how much work they, you know, that's one thing I'll say. Nowadays in a lot of animation, everything, you'll just get all these generic looking thugs. But they took the time here to make each one of these little demons, like, look unique. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's something to be said for that. You don't get enough of that anymore. A lot of times they just want to do, like, one design and they just, like, clone it or, you know, maybe do a color swap on it. But Sure. But I love these. Yeah, old- I'd actually, uh, I'd love to read the script that the writer provided just to see if he described what any of these would look like right. or if he was just going to let... Uh, George Tuska go nuts, you know, because I would assume then it, I would then it assume really the goes latter, to show. just demons attack probably or something. <laughs> so, and that's a thing, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's the thing. Most of these early, when you read these interviews with these early artists and everything, like, especially in this time, they're like, yeah, we just, we had so much freedom. It was a blast to work on because yeah. we were allowed to just cut loose. You know, they just put like, we need demons. So they're like, man, I can do all this stuff. Like, I'm not, you know, this is something not only for us kids, it was fueling our imagination and creativity, but for the guys who worked on it, you know, most of these guys were probably doing licensed books normally where they're like, okay, I got to draw this like this and this like this. And then like they, they get something like this falls in their lap and they're like, I get to just draw monsters. And again, like, yeah, yeah, like that, that's, that's awesome. Like, and you can tell, you can feel it. That's my point. Like you can feel that they were just so into this. Tuska and uh, I forget the writer's name. Uh, Phil Paul Kupperberg. Like you can tell mm-hmm. that they were just like it, it was awesome to be able to just cut loose, especially right now when there's virtually no restraints. You know they got basic premises. Yeah, but uh, but so they end up getting to the this cave, and you know Cyril says, you know, get in there, boy. We'll take care of the monsters. You know, and mm-hmm. I love that Ciro calls He-Man boy there. Like, he knows how powerful yeah. <laughs> he is, but he still looks at him like, oh, you're just a youngin'. Like, you don't, you may yep. be strong, but you don't know as much as I am. You haven't lived as long as I do. I don't, I, I just, I love that, that banter between them and everything. And the way he, the, the way the, he talks down the, to He-Man, but not in a condescending way. More just like, I'm your elder, respect me, you know? This, this is the kind of banter that I would have expected out of He-Man working with Fisto. Yeah. Like, I always pictured Fisto being a bit like this, so it's kind of fun to see a character, at least, that has that vibe about him. And, uh, yeah, like you're saying, boy, you know, him saying boy to He-Man and stuff. It's like nobody other than Man-at-Arms probably on Eternia would say boy to him, and Man-at-Arms would never even do that. Maybe, maybe once again, maybe this version of Man-at-Arms in here, but, like, no other Man-at-Arms would even even talk to He-Man like that. Like, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, so they get to, to this cave that's protected uh, by this force field. Uh, that's uh, that's why the creatures haven't gone in because it's killing any creature that tries to go through. But his mm-hmm. but his power vest with all its scientific marvels allows him to pass through it. 
Woo-hoo. So, I mean, the techno vest, the techno vest. <laughs> so, the techno vest. And he, here again, it's still a little bit of, of that early. The goddess gave me the vest, and it's kind—it's of, a leftover remnant of ancient technology, rather than just the you know armor or whatever. So, yeah, and it, it kind of leads you to to the old King of Castle Grayskull thing where it feels like, well, He-Man's supposed to be the one to become King of Castle Grayskull. It kind of has shades of that in it, too, where he can pass through because he's got the right armor. Well, even on top of that, just real quick, and not at the the last issue of the issue five of the multiverse comic, they had front and center when they started talking about the 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 great wars mm-hmm. th- there's a guy front and center but with brown hair yep. wearing the harness and mm-hmm. stuff so mm-hmm. there's this i i i kind of took that as the setup of the, whoever had that harness probably was the ruler or the leader of their right. people and it it there was a it meant something in the history of eternia both the harness and maybe the symbolism of it and exactly. all that so it, it works for me in that way where he's not the king yet, but it shows he's by it, it, there's not like a birthright, but yeah. it's, he's the chosen one right. to become the leader. But stuff, he's got, so. but he's got to earn it, which was a very big yeah. part of those early mini comics. It's like, yeah, you're going to be the king, but you're not just going to walk in here and take the throne. You've got to get mm-hmm. through your paces. But yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I never felt in these early ones that this this armor was just randomly given to him or just randomly saved from the Great Wars. Like there, mm-hmm. there's a reason the goddess had all this holed up in her cave for all those eons, however long. Depends on what you read. Depends on how long it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So yeah, so he makes it into the cave here, and. Uh, yeah, and it shows here, it just the force field destroys the beasts as they go through, but he's able to get in there. He makes it to the, the center of the cavern, and there's just one point of light there, uh, which is the talisman. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I lost my place. <laughs> the the one one point of utter brilliance yet is even this light the thing one would expect the very fate of a world to rest on he-man does not stop to ponder this for the next instant then battle cat shows up he's like you didn't grab it yet right. yeah yeah i was reading and i hiccuped and lost my place but yeah it's it's and <laughs> It just—it's it, kind of weird how they're like they like make He-Man pause there, but not really for any reason. It's—it's it's, I don't know. It was kind of a weird well, segue, but then Battle Cat's there to go. Hey, the, the barrier is gone, and the demons are coming, so we better do yeah. something here. I—I I don't know. I kind of took it. I, there, there's a little bit of like um, the Star Seed to that moment. I think there's like this—he's—he's yeah. he's one away from about to getting the thing that his enemy wants, but if he got right. it, he could stop his enemy. You know, I, I, I kind of took it just in that little, like he's taking yeah. a moment to kind of weigh. we're, we're one away from the end here, you know, yep. maybe, yep. or maybe there was like a certain light about it that it distracted him enough to make, you know, it, it was giving him these visions or something, or 
Maybe he heard the music from when the Matrix shows up and transforms the movie, and that, that kind yeah. of—he's like, I really dig that 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 uh, tune. That's great. Mm-hmm. That battle, didn't you grab it? Yet? Oh, sorry. Yep. <laughs> and then they grab it and they vanish, and then we've got the lightsaber circle of flavors. Zoom. I love reading. Yep. The, I love reading the old comics. With the, with the ads in them. <laughs> oh, you, you uh, actually, yeah. See, I, yeah, I went so right to. <laughs> I, I got the lifesaver circle of flavor. Oh, I remember those ads. That and the uh, bubble yum ones. Yeah. Is, is there a bubble yum ad in there? Uh, I've got, I've got the milk, milk duds Clark and Zagnut where you can send away for an AM FM radio. I have yeah. not seen the milk duds. The, the the bubble yum one has this little kid and he can barely see over the counter and it's drawn and he he's like he's asking to get some bubble yum. Yeah. Oh well, no, that was one of them. Yeah. But there was another one where it was like a little kid asking the the guy that worked at the store to get a bubble yum or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I always remember that one. I also liked how they always had to put on here uh, continued on second page following. Like what? What kid's yeah. not gonna just like keep flipping? Like they're gonna? Oh nope, that was the end. It's lifesavers now. Oh well, good issue. Good issue. Now it's lifesavers. <laughs> the comic book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but then we get to the sea of blackness here, and I I love the coloring on the, this this whole sequence really here with uh, Man at Arms, Tila, and Stratos. Uh, like they just they do it in such a darker kind of they're shading the reds and the blacks in the sky like it really feels feels a lot darker and that's what they say this is the sea of blackness Eternian shun this the, place it's dark this, craggy shores it's black churning waters people tend not to come mm-hmm. to this part of the world where the sun never shines unless of course they must this this whole page to me mm-hmm. is it's it's a pencil and ink equivalent of the the uh, box art. Yeah, from like mm-hmm. Battle Ram and mm-hmm. from uh, the Wind Raider and all that stuff. I mean, this this page without it even having He Man on is like this is so pure masters. Oh, absolutely the, from that era to me. Um, but I will admit, Man at Arms being near the water <laughs> makes me nervous because you know my two thousand X <laughs> issues. I'm just gonna say it. I, so I hope we see. Thankfully, it. I hope we see a flying fish here. That would be that would make this issue. You would love to hear me rant for three I hours would, on how much I hate that I damn would. thing. That's what it is. I would so much. <laughs> uh, I'll give you Orco clapping like a fool over that any day. Of the week. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, but here, I, yeah, I completely agree to you, and I think this is the beginnings of the whole dark hemisphere idea. And, you know, there's this really dark side of Eternia, this really dark place in Eternia. Um, mm-hmm. And here we have, you see, they realize their mistake in their first issue, and they've got Tila on model now um, in her yeah. her standard leotard. Um, I like that they didn't make the Wind Raider, Wind Raider any bigger than a one-seater. They made it exactly <laughs> like the toy. So Man at Arms is flying it, and Tila's got to hang on the side there, that's standing awesome. on the wing there. Care. Like <laughs> that's like that's like if I drove my daughter to school and she's holding onto the top of right. my car. I mean, 
It's like they, I'd love that. They couldn't have given her like, her own Wind Raider or a Sky Sled or something, you know? No, I mean, she doesn't even have a helmet. Her hair's just you know. flowing in the wind. I mean, jeez. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's like, it's that meme of, you know, like the the kids going, oh, you know, kids today are so this and that. <laughs> and then they show all these kids doing these stupid stunts on their bikes yeah. and stuff. It's like, I survived that, you know? It's like, this is that equivalent mm-hmm. right here. <laughs> He's like, my dad wouldn't let me sit down. You know? Yep. <laughs> Man, at arms is jerks. Yeah, yeah you so. think he could have stand, stood? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so they're, at, oh. they're after the Talisman of the Sea. Uh, the wizard Tarak gave them a crystal to help them point the way to their talisman they've got to find. Um, and and I tell you what, he did. They did a great job, like you said, uh, with Tila's hair blowing. It's blowing in like every scene here. The wind, there, the water's all choppy. Like you can just feel this cold wind just blowing. I mean, mm-hmm. Tila's even like huddled up there in the picture in the next page there, where they're standing on the rock there, trying to figure out where they should go. Um, yeah, like you, ju- you just feel so much emotion in this, and how that you know. I mean, I can hear the wind howling through here, and the mm-hmm. water just churning, and and they. they I mean, obviously, we got to go down. We've got to go underwater. And luckily, Tarak gave them a potion to allow them to breathe underwater for one hour. One hour. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Hey, it's something. I like. I mean, it. I mean it, yeah. If you're gonna take, you, you got a talisman in the sea. You got to take them underwater. You know, it's fine. I'm good with it. Magic potions are fine. <laughs> <laughs> There was something that I read, uh, something that was almost along the lines of this, and I couldn't remember if it was this or not. But there was something where uh, there was a wizard or a sorceress in in, a, in like a movie or whatever that said, "Oh, well, I can grant you the ability to breathe underwater for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you probably won't want to be there anymore." It, yeah. And I kept thinking it was this, and I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm thinking of something else." But there is a similar feeling to yeah. how this plays out. And uh, and we we get to see a side of merman that is mm-hmm. not very uh, very seldom seen, I should say. Oh, absolutely, which is pretty cool coming up. And here. even before that, it's interesting because they still have this hard nosed uh, man at arms here. He's very much more military and everything, but he's still got a pretty good moment with Tila here, where uh, you know, you know, she's she's kind of showing some uh, some hesitation. She you know. She, Torax magic potions may be the best thing to come along since the blaster, but that doesn't make me feel any better about playing fish. And Manor's like, ah, but you are a soldier, my daughter. You will go and you will fight, for that is what soldiers do. It's like you can't. Mm-hmm. I just, I like seeing that when it comes to his daughter, he's got a little bit of tenderness to him. You know, because in the last issue, we were talking about how he's still, he's very hard on Adam. Um, especially because yeah. he doesn't. Well, he thinks Adam's a jerk. Yeah, because he doesn't know Adam's <laughs> secret in this continuity. He thinks Adam yeah. is that Playboy prince. So, and, and Teal's like, "All right, you know, if you say so, Father." And whoop, she takes her her potion. They all do, and off they go. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And and down below we go. They go. Oh, what is that? It does not seem possible, yet the waters beneath the turbulent surface of the Sea of Blackness are darker still, with a foulness to them that makes the sustaining of life appear impossible. Like, just this, the the 
picture they set here is like, yeah, nothing lives down here. They feel disgusting going down in there, but down they go. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a, the, this uh, this whole underwater sequence is is drawn pretty well. Um, they find they find a temple here. Uh, that must they figure that must be where the talismans kept because it's the only thing around here. But unfortunately, <laughs> this is uh, no, it's not the home of. But it's it's but Merman has already uh, come there as well. Yeah, and I like that even they they try and the heroes try and reason with Merman at first. They're like, "Well, move aside. Our, uh, for distasteful though it might be, our mission is the name of Skeletor, your master." They're like, "Dude, come on, let us go. We're we're serving Skeletor right now, unfortunately." Yeah, and Merman is that that slimy backstabbing Merman that we do know from the, those early mini comics. He's like, "Well, he's not my master. I'm I'm." Gonna find the talisman myself, and I'm gonna get the power sword. So he, I like that. Yeah, actually, I, I like that turn of events because he basically says Skeletor's an interloper. Yeah, uh, I'm from Eternia, and it, it, it reminds you again. This is not filmation. This is right. not 2000 X. Skeletor was a demon from another dimension mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before all that right. stuff. And it's really, it's fun to see him thinking about. Well, I have to serve him. Yeah, but if I got this stuff. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now, like, he's not even from here. Why would I trust this guy? You know, I love that about it. Right. He's like, I, I deserve to really turn you because I was born here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Man Arms like, well, neither of you really do, but since he's, <laughs> since he's got the goddess and you don't, you're in our way. And he, he punches him in the face because mm-hmm. that's all we do. <laughs> I, like, I like that, that, uh, the way they illustrated Man at Arms is face when he punches him in the face too. oh absolutely <laughs> just there's a there's a huge amount of just like you know like i'm not gonna say the word but you're gonna there. go yourself basically <laughs> yeah this page here down at the bottom for those following along in our youtube channel probably if you're listening to your audio maybe you pulled out your copy and you're you're cruising along with us um okay. yeah it, it it just worked, and it also sees the desperation in that moment, like because they yeah. they have already said that this the spell that they have is yeah, not going to last much longer. They're they're like, we got to get this. Yeah, they've only so got showing they've the only got an hour. They had to swim all the way down to the ocean floor here. So, mm-hmm. and then Merman shows up with all these beasties, and here again we got these cool other mer creatures. And, and and I like that they didn't just make merman clones here. They actually gave some unique colors, some unique personality, and uh, mm-hmm. they got those those dra- uh, dragon or dinosaur. Uh, I can't think of the name of that that dinosaur. That oh, um, yeah, that ocean dinosaur with the flippers and the long neck. Um, they, Basically, the Loch Ness monster yeah. version of the dinosaurs. I can't remember the name either, and I feel bad because I loved dinosaurs as a kid. But oh yeah, it's been years. <laughs> but yeah, one of them's riding riding a Loch Ness monster for bad, lack of a better word. Yeah, and they're they're fighting underwater. Tila's got her sword, and uh, Stratos got a spear from somewhere. Cause sure. But uh, yeah, it's a, here's our second big battle, and I love how Merman is drawn throughout this. He just looks so deadly. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of talking here, really. It's just it's battle, battle, battle. Yeah. Um, and especially this next page here, 
that second panel down, Sean, I'm sure you agree. That right there, that merman, like that is one of the coolest drawings of merman I've ever seen with him <laughs> brandishing his sword there and just that hungry look in his eyes. And you can see all those razor sharp teeth like mm-hmm. that's merman. No, like that, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree with you. That is how like I, I like to uh, when when they did the origins reveals mm-hmm. for the uh, the PowerCon exclusives. When I saw those, I'm like, he looks like Michelangelo. He's just happy to be here mm-hmm. and stuff. And there were people that were giving me flack about that. And I'm like, no, he looks way too happy. He's right. supposed to be this villainous ruler of the sea. And when you see that version, it's like, yeah, yeah. that's that's definitely somebody who's he's evil. Right. <laughs> but he's and he's still kind of got that kind of happy, goofy look on him. Like, but they made it sinister. Um, yes. Right, like he looks, he looks like like a barracuda, like ready to snap on you. And especially seeing him here in his element, um, this thing you didn't get to see Merman down in the ocean a lot. It's like, well, this is his home here. Like he, he yeah. And you can tell the warriors, Stratos and Man, they're, they're having a hard time keeping up with these guys because these yeah. guys are all used to this, and they're uh, Stratos is probably the best because flying, swimming, you know, I'm sure those are very similar, um, but. But yeah, they're they're really getting pinned down here. Um, Tila even says here they live underwater. We're just visitors and very temporary ones at that. And, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how long they have left on the breathing spell. Um, and luckily, uh, Skeletor shows up here to save them. <laughs> yeah, which is again did not expect that. Right. <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's, uh, and he actually, and also on this page, we do have our first ever mention of Serpos here. Yeah, uh, Serpos. Merman cries, Serpos have mercy, that voice, I know it well. And then Skeletor appears like, like, I knew you were going to double cross me, now get out of their way, I sent them here. And he's, and, uh, and he's, he's telling Merman to get out, you know, just leave him alone, let them do their thing. And Tila, of course, she won't even take this help. That's how headstrong she is in this. She's. Yeah. She, well, something, too, when Skeletor shows up, like, we were literally two minutes ago, top, saying how, you know, how villainous and, and savage Merman looks. Yeah. And he's got all of his mer people there, and they're after them, and all this stuff. And it's actually a pretty good battle underwater. And the minute Skeletor shows up, one of the first words he uses to describe the the, the king of the oceans of Eternia yeah. is lackey. Yeah. So how much? It's like, man, did he just completely neuter him in that moment? It's like right. this guy who isn't even from here is now telling the boss. Yeah. Oh, he's a lackey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and then right away, Merman's like, please, master, have mercy on me. Like, oh, I got yeah. found out. Because he knows yeah. he can't beat him one-on-one. So he's going to go yep. behind his back. But he, but yeah, when he's confronted with the challenge, he's like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, boss. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. Right? And then, and then so, uh, but then, of course, Tila, she, she's, she's, she's like, oh. We may have to do your dirty work locating the power swords, but will not be debased further by allying with you against any foe. You'll get your sword, but on our terms. And Skeletor's like, all right, I withdraw my protection. I'm out of here. Uh, but he takes Merman, too, so he can punish him. But they're still left with all the other Mer people. 
It's peace like, out. <laughs> but yeah, that that that's Tila. She's 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 heroic to a fault, where she won't even accept this little help from Skeletor to get this last talisman that she knows they have to get to save the goddess. But she would rather do it on her own and potentially perish than to take his mm-hmm. help. So, um, but luckily that whole distraction gives Stratos a second to get a head start on the goons, and he gets into the temple to look for the talisman, and, and, and I love this part, so he's trying to find it and get to it, and they're running out of breath, they can barely breathe, they can't talk, they're, you know, mer people yeah. see that they're, they're, they're going down, and they're taking their chance, uh, but luckily Stratos catches it just in the nick of time and they, they're phased out just like He-Man and Battle Cat were. But yeah, that, that, that right there was an awesome battle scene. I love that, you know, they, they were done. They, they were gonna, they were gonna be defeated, but luckily just in the nick of time there, they were taken out of there. Not even that they won. So that's, yeah. it's always nice to see that. Well, there's also in, there was a page here. I can't remember where there is actually a a little moment with man at arms, even where he says, you know, he doesn't completely believe in sorcery. He's a man of science. And I kind of dug that you're again, establishing these characters as who's who they'll become Mm -hmm. with what the filmation can is going to be. And what we know them as it's, it's actually really cool that they even just had that little nod there and stuff. But yeah, this, this whole sequence it, it pretty much is the core of this issue. Yeah. And even without He-Man, it's freaking great. Yeah. So. No, and that's, and that's a nice thing. It's nice to see them operating as their own team. They're achieving their objective. They're all strong, and they don't necessarily mm-hmm. need He-Man to come and save them. So that was nice. They both completed their tasks, and then they're warped to this Doctor Strange-like dimension here where... There's all these weird planets and spheres and whatever that thing in the corner is like. <laughs> and he, yeah, I don't want to know what that thing in the corner is with the tentacles yeah, or whatever, yeah. the veins or whatever. <laughs> and then He Man and Balakai are just kind of float in there, like, "Oh, what brings you guys here? <laughs> the same thing that brought you here, no doubt, the talisman." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy Beck could go. You know, I think too much. Yeah. <laughs> And so, and so there, uh, and then Skeletor shows up again, uh, and, uh, oh, there we are. I flipped too many pages at once. Uh, but yeah, so they, they, they have the three talismans, um, so they, they're not sure what they're supposed to do now, and Skeletor shows up, reminding them again here that he's got the goddess, like they could have forgotten, and... Uh, and just telling them basically that they they need to they need to follow this world to find the power sword and deliver it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here again, it's the same thing. You got He Man here; he's ready to chop Skeletor up, even still knowing that he holds the goddess. It's like the same thing with Tila. They're both just so headstrong in this canon that like their 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 anger, their quick to battle, gets the better of them quite a bit. Yeah, um, I like that. I mean, again, yeah. you got a dude who he was packaged with a sword and a freaking battle axe. Yep. I don't think he'd exactly hold back too often. Right. So, like this, this being how they they picture it, like for for as much as it is cool to have, like there there's nice uh, there's a nice thing to have He Man thinking things through, 
becoming friends sometimes with his adversaries mm-hmm. and showing, you know, it, it, it sometimes if you just understand each other, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it, that's what matters. That's the, the thing that can stop a bigger problem or whatever. There is an element to the brashness of this version where I'm like, I would love to see that because it would push him into even worse problems. Yeah. And there's more adventures to be had that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and that's 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 what that's what uh, Skeletor says here. You know, he answers, "We don't serve you. We never shall." And he says, <laughs> "But you do, fool. Call it what you will, champion. If that will savage thy pride in truth, would you not do whatever I did command in order to save your precious goddess?" It's like I like that Skeletor. He's cold. He's cackling. He's like, yes, "Yeah, you call it whatever you want, buddy. You're working for me right now." So mm-hmm. he knows he's got him over the barrel. Um, and so he, he, he commands him, you know, go forth into the void and return not until you have the sword in hand. So he's going to wait here. They got to go retrieve the sword and bring it back to him. And, and we get our nice first glimpse here of this hooded figure who is, who is the, or we're led to presume this is the guy who's been sending all these demons after him every step of the way. He's been watching yep. this whole time in this little magic lamp, whatever he's got there. Um, Looks like something that would have been in my grandparents' house. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, he's probably got like an old radio set next to that, and he's listening to like Charlie McCarthy or something, you know? I mean, it's like there's something to this where it's like, did they just take my grandparents' house and just (laughs) say, hey, we're going to just draw something from here? It's your grandpa. (laughs) It could be. He's He's in his bathrobe. Oh, crazy grandpa. And he is basically, he says he's waiting. He doesn't reveal a lot. He doesn't monologue here, but he basically just says that finally they're making some progress and he's waiting for them to get to the power sword. So same thing. He's wanting them to lead him to the power sword. So that's what, that's what everyone's after here. Um, and they're, they're heading along. He-Man's getting impatient again here. Man arms playing the mentor. Um, and then they're attacked for the third time in this issue. Look at mm-hmm. all this fighty, fighty. Ugh. Fighty, fighty. Fighty, fighty. <laughs> and uh, they're attacked by a whole nother group of goons here, which, which again, these designs are awesome. I would, t- I would take figures of any of these. They would look awesome up there on your shelf. I like the candy cane one. Yeah. The horns with, that the, it looked like candy cane canes. Ones, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was gonna say is it because I know they color corrected mine with the omnibus uh, or the omnibus, but yeah, yeah. that one he he looks like he could like all they have to do is take the head off of Jigor or Gigor yeah. and just put this head on him, and you pretty much have him because he even has the axe and everything. Yeah, so. yeah, it'd be a good base to start with. Yeah, I mean most yep. of these guys. I mean, you got that that cat like looking one there. I mean, you could make him out of the battle cat buck. It'd be really easy. Yep. But yeah, and they should. They should make a lot of these guys. Um, even on the next page there, I like that that horned monster, whatever he is, that battle cat jumps on, just starts biting the piece out of his shoulder. It's like, it's nice being able to see them let go here uh, before some of the censorships well, yeah, came he on. He does a gut shot on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, battle cat's Ooh. up on him, just like wrapped around him, nibbling on his shoulder and he man's taking the axe to his chest. Um, yeah, they're just again here, just great, great battle scenes. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then we got, and then we got our final two pages. Yep. 
Oh yeah, and a little nice little moment between Man Arms and Tila. He's trying to use his blaster and he can't take this creature out. This guy keeps dodging it and Tila goes, Yep, I'd like a length of sharp steel to solve the problem. And she just slices mm-hmm. its head off. Um uh, hmm. But yeah, but they're saying the whole time like these hordes of demons are coming faster than they can drop them. There's more coming, so they're they're getting pretty overwhelmed. Uh, and here again, he man's like, "What what manner of force would keep us from the sword? Even Skeletor is not so insane to prevent those he sent after them from reaching the location, is he? Like even now, he man's still kind of doubting. Like, is Skeletor doing this? Is he not? Like, well, there's no other option, so it must be Skeletor, right?" Um, and then you got uh, a cosmic wind arise that sweeps both demons and humans aside through the battle. Mm-hmm. It's source not far behind. And you got the the cosmic enforcer Zodak rides in <laughs> on his awesome space chariot there. Ha <laughs> ha and, and he he finishes it off the episode with let the battle cease. Long enough had these humans fought the Battle Royale without knowing the truth behind their quest. <clears throat> this shall change. So commands Zodak, rider of the spaceways. And that's it for issue two. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do like here, even though on that first cover with everybody, we did see Zodak on Skeletor's side, um, we still, when he shows up here, he's pretty much the cosmic enforcer that we see from this point in the filmation and beyond in most of the canons. Um, even, Somebody sent them the memo. Yeah. And that that was it. It's like, nope, he's this. That's all there is to it. And uh, it is cool to see him showing up. And plus, the, the first issue we had, the whole Zodak page that I remember going, oh, it's a page of Zodak. And then when you're reading the dialogue, you're like, this is actually really cool. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I didn't get it. But now I'm reading it going like, he's, he's way more interesting than I ever remembered him as when I was a kid. Yeah. He can, the, he the can older be, I've gotten. he can be, he was one of those, he was one of those weird characters where it's like, he, he was so ill defined and he jumps sides and rolls in the early parts there. And I think he just kind of got, he got brushed aside really quick. Yeah. You see him a lot in this early stuff. <clears throat> and you know, in that, but after this, you don't really see him too much. Towards the end of the line, he disappears completely from the mythos. Yeah, well, he's he's a really hard character because, like, he's a philosophical character. Yeah, he's not a character where you know, like, he he comes with a giant fist or bee wings or you know a, a grapple hook or whatever. He he's a character that. You and I could sit here and probably talk for an episode just about Zodak right. and his, 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 you know, being neutral and what that actually means. Mm-hmm. And that's a story point. But when you actually put it into a, here's an action figure kid. Yeah. What does he do? Right. He's, he's the cosmic enforcer. Yeah. Anybody goes too far one way or the other, he steps in. <laughs> they just look at him and they're like, and then they're, they're back yeah. to He-Man because he's such a, he, he's he's that character more than he is a, a physical action character. It's no wonder they didn't know how to work with him, and and only in stories can you give him the chance to shine. Yeah, and you know, like they did well with it 
even though it wasn't this version in 2000 X, I thought they did well with it. Yeah, Cause they and made him a warrior the episode, there. They, yeah. Well, they, they made him a warrior yeah. and they, they made him a, a, like a, a, a monk, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. monk warrior kind of character right. because there's no way you could have a character that just shows up randomly <laughs> and is like, I'm here to figure out what side the balance, you know? It's yeah. like, okay. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, he is. He's, There's a lot of weirdness to that to me. Absolutely. I agree completely. And that's that's why he gets phased out so quickly because, yeah, no one just knows what to do with him or a way to make it compelling to kids. But uh, but he serves a good purpose here. He shows up in a very – I just like that he shows up in the chair. Like, <laughs> and that, Yeah, yeah. That, that chair was always one of the coolest parts to me in filmation and in – when I finally saw it here, it's it's like that that chair has become synonymous with Zodak to me. Um, and we still don't have it as an actual still thing don't have to it. put your figure in. Nope. <laughs> Unless you want to do a custom. I've seen customs that are gorgeous, but yeah, cause you know, Mattel's just kind of like, we're not going to give you a chair. What are you, crazy? <laughs> and the funny thing is, in almost every iteration, it's basically based on that Castle Grayskull throne from the original toy. It's like... Yes. Which is which has always been interesting to me. Um you can easily play it off that it's it's a remnant of the Great Wars there, some of that t- old technology, you know, and that's why it shows up in Castle Grayskull and here. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's a character. Uh, the older you get, the cooler he gets. But as a kid, he, yeah. he was just the guy who showed up once in a while to help send He-Man on a mission. Which, it's like, I'm just picturing, you know, here's Zodak, and here's a philosophy book, kid. Yeah. Now you do your homework, and then you can play with this figure when you're done. And the kid's just like, what the hell? You know, like, <laughs> it, it's, it, he's such a, like, he's, he's a good character in the stories. And if they did a video game where he was kind of your guide, yeah, you know, that and, and have that be, he just shows up on screen and delivers a message to let you have a direction to point in or whatever to help you. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, it, as a, as an actual action figure, it is kind of a, what the crap, yeah. you know, there is a, <laughs> so in that way, yeah, he, he, as a kid, I remember he didn't leave the toy box too often. I had him, but he just didn't leave the toy box too often. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm sure I played with him too. I had him, but yeah, I can't. I can't think of of too many adventures with him. Not not like you know, <laughs> Cyclone or Too Bad or Clawful or sure, you know, those guys that you could really beat him up with. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, he shows he shows up quite a bit in these early stories. Um, he never shows up at the as that. Hell, I don't want to say never. He might have a couple times, but. It's funny because he started off as an evil bounty hunter character, and yet he like never shows up in any stories like that. That was like disregarded mm-hmm. so quickly. Um, I'd love to be able to track down some definitive uh, proof of of all the behind the scenes thinking back then, because it just it's interesting how quickly he changed. Um, well, it, it, that's not just him too. I mean, you, you're talking bounty hunters. I mean, so it was Trapjaw or not Trapjaw? Triclops when yeah. we first met him. I don't know. Zodax and, just seems so much more drastic to me. Yeah, I could see that because Triclops. I mean, he yeah, he went from evil bounty hunter to evil henchman, but he still stayed on that side, I guess. For Zodax to go from an evil bounty hunter to a neutral cosmic enforcer, it's like. Wait, what? <laughs> you know, 
They had a healthcare plan. Yeah. They had the, as as you like to make fun of me for the one episode where I, I did it, they had the Zodak Force. The Zodak Force. They had, they had an HMO. <laughs> Zodak Force. You know, something like that. Go, no, go, Zodak the, the cosmi- Force. The, the Cosmic Enforcers had a, had a dental plan. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I like my teeth. Uh, <laughs> and he just went off with them. Hey, hey we got a chair. You know, like that's, that's basically their whole thing. That's the it actually Zodak rides <laughs> the cosmic waves on the dental chair from the, the cosmic enforcer dental office. I love it. And they're always chasing him like, you stole the chair. I love this. It belongs to me. And he flies off. I love this chair. This is my stapler. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens at, at late at night, us doing this, because we we're, we're not able to do it in the in the mid-mornings anymore. No, no. Here, here's, here's our thoughts on Zodak, and it's about him stealing the cosmic enforcer dental chair. <laughs> Now he's now he's on the lamb, you know. <laughs> oh, well, back back to the issue. So we've got we've got this is two out of three. Here again, so much story packed into this. Um, you know, I, I I do love the action in it. I, I the artwork is gorgeous. You know, the colors, everything. Um, like I said, it's it's not my favorite version of He Man. But I can get behind it. It's a it's a well entertaining story. Um, I like I like that they're trying to reconcile, you know, the jungle origin with what they're doing now with the atom origin, and they they did it. It was it was a fine job. It's better than a lot of other attempts that have come later to rectify the different continuities. So yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, overall, it's, it's a good action packed read. You've got multiple action sequences, you know, you've got a good story here. They're still not letting you know who's behind all this, but you know, it, it's coming. It's, you get, you get little hints here and there. Um, well paced. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go an eight out of 10. This one was really a kick. To to read tonight, it really it, <laughs> it really got me. It was it was a fun action pack thing. I I flew through it, and I think it was a very well put together issue. Yeah, yeah. I, the the thing that it goes back to every time we the the first issue that we did and now this one is this set such a good blueprint for if you were a kid you got this issue and you were reading the mini comics and you had the figures. This gave you so much fuel to just grab your action figures, go out in your yard, mm-hmm. and just go nuts with your imagination because it shows you there's there's castles, there's kings, mm-hmm. there's also this hero that's doing stuff, but then there's magic and there's the depths of the oceans and there's all this you know like mm-hmm, the the mm-hmm. beast men attacking Avion, the the flying monkey people of mm-hmm. Avion even yep, and all yep. that last in the first issue. And it, it just goes to show you in two issues the depth of how much this world is already. And Absolutely. we're barely scratching the surface, you know. Um, and the fact that you get three, not one, not two, three decent fights. Yeah. And all of which um, nowadays they would have probably been done in two page spreads of yep. just here's a big shot of He-Man and Battle Cat ripping into stuff. I love that in this you're getting panel by panel, play by play yep. in that way and stuff like that. Uh, artistically, it's great. What's up? Oh, go ahead. 
oh, I, I just artistically, it's great. Um, I'd say my my only issue with this comes from the fact that there is an unknown evil, mm. and I don't like that it's not Skeletor. <laughs> and 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 like in this issue, we do get a hint of what could be going on because of something that's alluded there. If you haven't read the third issue, which at this point, if it's a spoiler, like it was for me to read the third issue because I never read it up until the last couple months, right? You're, you're lacking because I felt lacking by not having <laughs> read this. But at the same time, there's this element of when you get to that, there, there's like a, okay, this, this was never a figure. So why, why is this the, the case? Yeah. That kind of drives me nuts, but I, I got to meet your, your rating. I got to give it an eight out of 10. Cause it, this makes me want to grab my classics. Yep. And even though it's probably after midnight, I'm going to go out and start it playing with them in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a great issue. And the thing is, it, it, it never feels rushed. You never feel like you're getting no. short changed on story anywhere. Um, if anything, they might drag it out a little too long in the talking really. Like it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it, it, it's a well full story, but it's just such good pacing throughout. It's an embarrassment of riches in a way for that reason. It really so. is. How much is packed into these three issues, and yet nowadays we can't even get a good coherent story in six issues. It's, it's yeah. Well, it's sad. If, if we're <laughs> if we're if we're giving a nudge nudge to the multiverse one. It's always for me. It's always been every issue. You go from from yep. from uh, different versions, and you're setting the stage each yep. time. You're taking a lot away from the from pushing the story forward, in my opinion. Compared to in this one, you're just continuing that story. You're just moving on, and the third issue is going to sum it up for That's you. It. And, and it gives you some some room, some space to let the story just breathe. Rather than jumping from plot point to plot point the exactly. way that it does sometimes, and you know, and I gotta so. say, I have not read the third issue since in in quite a few years. So I, I have again, I have a vague recollection of it, but nothing concrete because I I have not reread it as we've been going through here because I've been trying I've been trying not to not to go too far, you know, mm-hmm. trying to just enjoy each issue at a time. Um, but I, so I'll wait and read that until we're, we come up on a date here where we're going to discuss that third issue. That way it's nice and fresh and I get the, those good reactions. So it will but, probably be sooner than later though, folks, because we want to make sure we got these yeah. together somewhere close by rather than take, you know, <clears throat> uh, how many episodes until we got to back to this, but thank you. The, but, uh, <laughs> postponement of multiverse to make us go, hey, let's let's go back to the original stuff we started talking about. Yep. And I, I, I can't probably, maybe months, who knows? Sometimes we just get onto these kicks where we're just like, well, let's go talk about this. That's mm-hmm. the thing, me, and I have been, I have been, some people have reached out to me and asked, you know, well, what, what's your next episode? What's, you know, what you got coming up on the, on the, in the pipeline? And I'm being honest here, guys, we don't know. We usually don't, <laughs> we usually don't decide until like Monday or Tuesday before we record. Like, yep. Uh, I think the multiverse has probably been the most planned out just because we know those release dates, you know, in advance and we're like, well, we'll, we'll get those as they come out. But other than that, it's kind of like me and Sean a couple days before would be like, yeah, are we going to do, what are we doing this week? I don't know. How about this? Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> um, 
Eh, it's been working so far. I mean, with like the subscribers and the followers, we got we got people that are like, let's just see what they come up with this week. So there, and that's it. It's it's we want to we want to try and be in the mood to talk about something rather than force ourselves necessarily to talk about something that we're really not in the mood to talk about. So, mm-hmm. and and I think it works this way. But and like I told other people, I said, you know what? If you have something you're looking for us to discuss, or something you'd like to see us discuss sooner rather than later, you know, throw it in the comments down below. Throw it out on our Facebook page. Message me or Sean personally and say, hey, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, yeah. You know, because there there are moments where we're both just kind of sitting here stuck, like ah, I don't know, I can't decide. So. Yeah, throw us those <laughs> suggestions, and and we'll probably get to some of your stuff sooner rather than later. So definitely, yeah. If there's no more thoughts on issue two, there, Sean, I know you got a little something you're itching to talk yeah. about. Um, uh, so one of our new uh, followers and uh, people that are with us on the group on Facebook is Matthew Rodriguez, and I told him I would give him a little plug. Uh, he is a big Masters of the Universe fan, and you can see that in his uh, creator-owned books that he created. He has Defenders of Eden, Issue 1 and Issue 2, if I can get them on screen here properly. There up, we go. Up a little more. There we go. Up a little more. All right. So it, there you go. But you just want me to hide my face. No, I wanted to, see, <laughs> I wanted to read the titles, Attack in Adonia so. and Machine and Magic. So basically, um, he he talked on uh, podcasters of the universe about his thought process, and this was this w- this came up as what would what would you do after filmation, like telling the story of Masters, but doing it where you're not having to t- go through He Man, and here's this new generation, mm-hmm. and what would they do using the legacy of the original generation? And he isn't ripping off Masters; this is his own work, but you can feel a lot of the heart and soul of what we grew up in, mm-hmm. in these books. And uh, he did a Kickstarter for both and he, he got, I, I know it's been over a hundred percent funded each time he does the Kickstarter. Uh, he writes it and he has CJ Edwards on uh, art who is also on he man.org. He was doing a lot of the mashup of uh, DC, the DC universe with masters of the universe stuff mm-hmm. uh, as fan art. And uh, he he definitely shows huge talent visually in this issue. And Matt has this whole world in Eden that he's created that each time that you read an issue, you're going to be exposed to more and more of his creativity and more and more of his love for what we love, Masters of the Universe. So um, I just want to put it out there. He's a good guy. If you want to get a copy or whatever, see if you can hit him up. And yeah. uh, I don't know if he has extras that he's able to sell people, but if he does, I'm sure he'd be happy to hook people up. He he hooked me up with the first issue before we ran a second Kickstarter for the second issue, and uh, we had some fun geeking out together about that. So yeah, definitely. definitely a good guy. I'll definitely have to hit him up, um, and I'll find a link because I think he mentioned that he's got his third issue Kickstarter going on now. I believe. Um, I, I honestly just don't know if up. he had a third one. He, he has a couple. He's actually started a couple different comic books. He okay. has Defenders of Eden, and then he has one called Disciple Six. And then I think there's a new one he might be doing on top of that. I, I feel bad that I don't know that part. <laughs> but his his um, his uh, creator, the publishing uh, 
the publishing name he uses is called Ideas from Mars up here. Okay. So you can look it up, Ideas from Mars. Yep. You can also talk Matthew Rodriguez or Defenders of Eden. There is a page on Facebook for that as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what so. I was scrolling through. And I'll drop some links down below there too. So I can definitely link to his Facebook page because I was on there before. Um, and then I'll see if I can find that Ideas from Mars imprint. Maybe I can link people directly to that too. So check out yep. those. Uh, that yeah. looks like some cool stuff. I was just scrolling through briefly this afternoon, uh, looking through some character designs, and there's some neat-looking guys in there. So I'm I'm curious to see what else he's got. So I'll definitely be getting a hold of him. Um, yeah, I I I actually have to draw uh, his one of his main characters in there for the six fan arts oh, yeah. thing that's going around Facebook right yep, now. Yep. So. He he's got to be next on my list to do just for the fact that I plugged the book now. It's like ah, oh, now I got to do yeah. that. I got to get it on there. So. I did like that Adora you did. That was a nice little little sketchy Adora. That she's got a lot oh, of energy. I like that. So well, welcome to me at midnight sitting down and doing that while I'm trying to watch Star Wars the. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker while I'm also running on three hours of sleep. Oh, <laughs> like, nobody wants I think that looks like Adora. No, uh, you, she's got eyes. That's great. No, yeah. that was, it was a good style, man. You got uh, even even your sketch style is good. So sometimes <laughs> well, sometimes thanks. you just need to pound some stuff out there. Just get those pencils flowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get the clutter out of the head and then just go for it. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. So he got that one done in about two weeks. So we'll have the six completed in about. A Christmas. year, two years. A... <laughs> the six will be done by Christmas, by Christmas, and then I'll actually like ink them by maybe like you know like Fourth of July next year. You know, whenever, whenever the coronavirus ban finally lifts off the entire world, uh, you know, whatever. Oh, so. you gotta love it. <laughs> Absolutely, so, yeah. it's just that time. So yeah, so yeah. check out those links down below. Join us over on Facebook. Like, subscribe, share, ring that bell so you know when we're premiering a new episode. Uh, if you ring that bell, you'll know when I jump on live, which is very random and sporadic. Uh, but it'll probably <laughs> it'll end up getting more so here. Uh, I know me and Sean, we got we got some things we want to do here and grow the channel. And as we get some more episodes under our belt, we'll be playing around with stuff like that a bit more. Um, Shawnee, anything else? Uh, the the only other thing we always say it, but I'm going to say it again. It, the part of the community is if you got something that you want us to talk about, you want to throw something our way that's mm-hmm. off the format, feel free because that that also makes it awesome. We we have some people that are now interacting on uh, YouTube, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, people interacting on uh, the org, which is also great. And you know, like the more the merrier. The, you know, this is. This is us having fun. It's a fan podcast. Yep. And, you know, join us for the ride. Throw, throw some stuff at us to make us go, huh, I never thought of that before. So Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, other than that, that's about it for me. So check out Matthew Rodriguez's stuff and uh, go go read these, uh, these first three DC comics. These are great. So. Absolutely. All right. So with that, I'll just leave it as until next time. Until next time.